My neighbor, when I was a kid, had one that was made out of elk horn. I am obviously the biggest nerd at this table. It's all upside all the time. You're listening to the Hit the Deck podcast. Hit me up if there's a Japanese pro tour, because uh, I need those mates. See, I didn't even want to introduce myself. I don't even know who I am. Card game review and strategy by gamers just like you. I, okay. don't, th- I don't think my tongue can actually make that noise. It's kind of like a catch-20 fuck you. And now, your hosts, Dwayne St. Arnold. We're going to fuck this all up some more. Joe Bono. What if you explored deck and there were no giant panda dicks in it? Kellen Abel. We talk about penis size in comparison. And James Dykes. Cascading fests of pain and misery. Welcome to episode four of Hit the Deck Podcast, sponsored by Card House Games. I am your host, Dwayne St. Arnold, and with me today is the marvelous Joe Bono. Howdy, folks. The glorious Kellen Abel. What's up? And the slightly above mediocre James Dykes. Gee, thanks. Hey, I thought that was fun. Hey. Uh, today we are talking about a whole bunch of worldly topics, such as Magic Worlds, uh, WoW Worlds, and Resident Evil or I guess that's like zombie worlds. I don't know. Kinda. I mean, there's zombies. Yeah. There. Okay. Uh, so, uh, first off, let's just kind of go around the table, see what you guys have been up to. Kellen, what have you been up to? I'm back on cribbage again. I oh. stopped. I stopped League of Legendsing so much, and I, I got back to cribbage. You know the Thanksgiving holiday and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so much, so much cribbage. Uh, who are you playing with? Is there like a cribbage league or something? Uh, yeah, my my entire family is, uh, <laughs> is the cribbage sweet. league. Yeah. They they are the uh, the cribbage. Team. Oh yeah, we just uh, we just battle fifteens back and forth over and over and over again. Is fifteen just like your favorite number now? Uh, no, no, fifteen. Well, now mm, I don't know. It might be it might be seven eight might be my sa- favorite number, and that's not even <laughs> one number. It's two, and I still think it's the best number. I figured eighteen was always your favorite number. No, I <laughs> no no. <laughs> All right, fine. It's a good number. I'm not gonna lie. It's a good number. Uh, what else you been up to? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my Thanksgiving is so good. Yeah? My my aunt and uncle have, like, this gigantic garden, so most of our food just came straight from Mother Earth. It's a beautiful world we live in <laughs> with all this free <laughs> Sounds food. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> uh, all right, James, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been replaying Final Fantasy VII. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's just about as good as I remember. Um, also, thanks to you, you big jerk, I'm playing League of Legends. Yeah, that may be my fault. Uh, it probably is, and uh, not very good at it. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. You're actually really bad. Uh, slightly above mediocre. Slightly, slightly, above, slightly mediocre. above mediocre, that's true. Um, but that game's pretty fun. Uh, I can see how people spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to spend any money on it, because I'm not very good at it. But... I mean, if you spend money in theory, you'll get better, right? Sure. That's how it works? No, not really. Uh, Kellen, you look like you want to say something. What do you want to say? Oh, you don't get better. You you just still suck. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But, you, but at true. least you're falling you, you for suck, marketing. You suck in style, though, because you end up with like sweet skins for your character that dies a lot. Yeah, you look so pretty. I was playing with someone once who said, you know, if an unskinned character kills a skinned character, they should have to give you their skin. Which I thought was kind of like cannibalistic and creepy, but uh, you know, in context of the game, made a little more sense. I mean, wouldn't that just top feed all the best players have literally all the skins and no one else gets them? Well, they have them anyways, so you know, they yeah, don't need them. They're true. they're spending a bunch of money on the game, so so you do get better if you spend money. No, you just get to look cooler if you spend money. Okay, okay. Uh, Joe, what have you been up to? Uh, I was down at uh, GP San Diego for uh, some Innistrad seals. Yeah, how'd you do? Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about that part. Okay. But I had a fantastic time. Um, there, there were a lot of Seattle and Portland people that went down, um, and you know, we did a lot of drafting and you know, wander around, did side events, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and Seattle's own Corbett Gray, uh, or yep. sorry, sorry, Corbet Gray, Corbet, Corbet, uh, you know, continued to run in his mediocre fashion in top sixteen. Who, yeah. who was calling him Corbet? Was that Chapin? It was Patrick. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Uh, he actually called him Top Shelf Premium Corvée Gray. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty So, so uh, I'm guessing if you don't want to talk about how you did, that means you played in side events on day two as well? Uh, I did uh, O2 drop out of the PTQ with oh, the best okay. sealed pool I've ever opened. A- actually the best? Actually, you're, not, you're not joking? No, like uh, Garrick Relentless, Curse of Death's Hold... Uh, Sever the Bloodline, Kessig Wolf Run. Oh, uh, there's a Brimstone Volley. There's lots of like good green and black cards. So I played like five first pickable rares. Sure. Um, O2 drop. What, why did uh, you O2 drop? Did you just? Uh, I I definitely punted game one of match one. Um, my second match, which was just wonderful, my opponent was late. Uh, to the match, so he he got a game loss. So you had a free win. I had a free win. Okay. Um, and it was this guy that uh, had had played against a Portland guy I knew the the round before and got into a big fight about him about whether he had blocked uh, a Ashmouth Hound when the guy clearly had a with with his two two first strike guy with um, when the guy clearly had a uh, geist flame in his hand and there was okay. a judge call and the guy got really upset and then steam for like 15 minutes after he lost the match about how he should give his opponents a chance to completely lose instead of you know jumping the gun and then he showed up at my table and i was like oh this is gonna be great to just beat this guy too and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get him the same way that the portland guy kind of got him him trying to ruin his weekend just face no 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 lost on turn four lost on turn five sounds Uh, about right yeah it was perfect. Um, I did get to play in a modern side event, though. That was a lot of fun. Yeah? Uh, what did you play? Mox. I played a, uh, a Martin Goldman Cursed Brew. Oh. Uh, did it, it have was, Time Warp in it? No, it had Mystical Teachings in it. Okay. That, that would be the uh, other one. It was a little bit heavy on threats. You know, it, it had a Teferi and a Vendillion Click and two Snapcaster Mages. That's pretty heavy for uh, and Martin. And a Creeping Tar Pit. That's really heavy for an yeah. MTK deck. Um, plus, you could deck your opponent with Academy Ruins and Engineer Explosives. So, like, it was definitely like a lot of ways or, to win. Two or three threats too many. Uh, managed managed my first match. I, I won one zero. Sure. Uh, went to time and sideboarding. Uh, second second match, we went to time. Uh, three turns before I killed him in the second game, and you know it, it continued like that. It was a sweet deck. Had a lot of fun. Made the semifinals with that. Sweet. Um, you just have to literally play. Uh, 55 minute game ones yeah okay yeah. um but you know you can win those sure i guess if you win all your game ones it doesn't really matter right? well if it goes 55 minutes you're probably going to win with that deck so yeah, that's yeah. True. that's true uh in my quarterfinals i played against a boros deck that i spent 20 turns at one life against jeez really how, nice. in the, how in the world do you do that uh well so i had a chalice of the void out for two. Oh. <laughs> so a lot of his deck was kind of dead um, but it was it was a really fun deck, um, and you know I, I'm I'm actually kind of sad that it didn't get spread around to anybody at Worlds. It, uh, as far as I can tell, it didn't get played at Worlds. Why are you sad that there's a PTQ season coming up that's that's modern? Yeah, and uh, you get to sit on that deck. Yeah, I'm gonna get to play in the draw bracket, and that'll sure. be just awesome. Play you faster. Start your game ones now. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can start them in advance. Yeah, maybe you'll get to the top eight by the time the actual PTQ starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two months to go. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Um, no, but so the GP was fantastic. It, I didn't, I didn't meet my goals for you know doing well in the GP itself or or crushing Planeswalker points either. But um, a lot of really good people there. Had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, sweet, good times. Uh, so what have I been up to? Uh, so yeah, Thanksgiving break. Uh, much like Kel and I ate like a maniac, which is not unsurprising for me. Uh, and then uh, Magic, I, I actually played in a Grand Prix trial. Uh, it was standard for, was it Orlando? It was Orlando, right? Austin? Uh, no, it was Austin. It was Austin because it was, it was for standard for a sealed GP. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I, God, I, so I played uh, the red-blue Delver of Secrets deck. Turn one creature? Yeah, so like... Man, the games where you blind flip Delver on turn two, like you play a turn one and you hit it on turn two, like you just want to like run a lap in victory. But the rest of the games I played with that deck were really miserable. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have to have a turn one guy. That's the whole thing. If you don't have that or Noble, you're just like, well, I guess I'll sit yeah. here. But the deck only plays eight turn one guys. So, like, you can't guarantee that you're going to get one. And, like, you got mulligan for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I ended up losing a bunch of games where I mulled the five, didn't find a turn one, but my five is adequate. Like, 
You know you could play more turn one guys. But there's no go- other good ones to play. Like Grimlove Mancer. Grimlove no. Mancer. Spike Shot Elder. Spike you don't Shot. like Grimlove Mancer? No. I love Grimlove Mancer. Uh, Waif may be the winner. Waif may be the right one. That uh, could be. Yeah, Phantasmal Bear. No. <laughs> oh, wrong deck, bro. Uh, no, like, Waif could be the right one. I uh, Lava Mancer doesn't work that well with Snapcaster Mage. Like, it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, I'll end up with a hand where it's like two lands, Mana Leak. Uh, Galvanic Blast, Snapcaster Mage, and like that five. I'm not gonna send that five away, but I can't win the game with it either. So like, yeah, it's it's a lose lose situation. Um, other than that, yeah, I've just been playing a lot of League of Legends with with James, and it's kind of nice because now I'm not the worst person in the oh, game now. Sweet, I'm just the that's second. actually why I recruit people to play. So yeah, that, uh, I don't look so bad. <laughs> they've they've got to be worse than you. Yeah, that's that's. Well, I mean, I hope God if they if they showed up and the first game they were better than me, I would probably throw my computer through a window. They're like just secretly Dota maniacs or whatever. I might resort to actually buying something from them to see if it would make me better. Uh, <laughs> nothing you can buy from them. Maybe if your skin was different or... Thanks. Uh, it can makes me a, feel good. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I bought an XP boost the other day because I just wanted to get to level 20. Oh, that, I think that's more reasonable. Just, I think it's uh, fine. Just doing that. Yeah. Like I probably shouldn't have because I probably should have just ground those games out. Like it reminded me of like when I was really bad at magic. Like I'm not talking about like now when I'm really bad at magic, but like before when I was really, really bad at magic. Like, you know, have no idea what's happening. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And, and like the only way to get better is to actually just play more magic. Right. Whereas in League of Legends, you can just buy an XP boost and level up faster. But I'm not getting better faster. I'm just getting leveled up faster. Do you think if they could provide XP boosts for magic players' girlfriends, we'd all of a sudden have actual girl magic players instead of the ones that come to like every 2HG sealed and they then we just no. never see them again? No. No, but no. that'd be so awesome. I mean, that's that's why we need, you know, unlockable costumes. Oh, skins. Oh my god. Skins. We need Oh my god. Here's Well, they have to I, be like non-sexual I though cuz I don't, don't think no, there's no, they don't. They don't have I don't to think there's any skin for me that would actually and not for you. No, no these are for the for girls. The, for man. The girls. These are the girlfriends. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got to get them. Like, ooh, prom dress queen vampire, and uh, what, what's another princess peaches vampire? All I can think of is vampires. They like vampires, girls, right? I'm not yeah, really sure I about guess them. So. I don't know. They, I don't know they, actually, they like the men to be vampires because, oh. they like, you know, tame so we need something. we need the sparkly Kellen skin. Yeah. Mm, I like that skin. Also, I've like been some, that before. Some legendary mounts that they can get, like a Pegasus or a unicorn. L- or Kellen. L- <laughs> little known fact: Kellen Abel is actually the model for Rocky Share. Oh boy! I actually, uh, I was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's rakish air, right? Isn't it? Isn't it like rakish, like a like a rakish young? What I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just like a you know a guy who's like rough and tumble and young and fantastic looking and I don't know rakish. That, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar okay. with a lot of those guys. Like, like, as in of a rake. No, like what? Like, yes. rake-like? Sure. Rakey? Rake-esque. Rakey? <laughs> okay. Okay, so, uh... Ah, God, what the fuck were we talking... We were talking about XP boost for females in Magic? Yeah, we want yeah. them to have costumes. Do you think that might keep them interested? I feel that we're going to have some listeners very upset about this. Really? Yeah. As opposed to the usual things you're upset about? No, just, you know, the ones that get upset about oh, female misogyny and whatnot. But What? Well, uh, they, they can all go to the Lady Planeswalker Society. And oh, it's no, a little shout out. It's no, uh, it's no secret that women play less magic than men. <laughs> I don't think that's a secret. <laughs> mm, and it's also no secret that women like clothes more than men. I don't think there's any confusion there. I don't believe that's misogyny. I don't think there's. I'm, I'm just trying to combine the two into a wonderful world where Magical we can both clothes. participate. See, I specifically said we don't want the costumes to be sexy, even though we really do. But, uh, <laughs> but I like uh, how you have the veiled like. I don't want this. Of course, I don't. Yeah, I do. So well, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it. I don't think it's misogynistic. I think we're in a. I think we're on safe territory here. So let's let's divert just a touch and talk about something awesome that a woman a woman did do for magic, which was. Make magic cards with googly eyes. Have you seen this? I have not seen that. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> it's a tumbler. Okay. And it's as it sounds. They take magic cards and replace the eyes on the magic cards with the googly eyes. That's awesome. Like 
they did like rotting fen snake and it's just got <laughs> you see the snake coming up and it's just got these two like wacky bonker eyes going all over the best is the one-eyed scarecrow has one eye I, I, actually the, the wandering eye is the best where the card the card is out and just the card just sitting there and then there's an eye off screen that's pretty funny i like this this thing yeah i want to yeah. go look at that later uh yeah it's pretty sweet you should check it out uh it's I, it's kind of made its rounds around the internet and I don't know if you got paid picked, attention. It got picked up by uh, Times Tumblr. It was I think? in the Times, New York Times Tumblr. No, no, Time Magazine. Oh, Time Magazine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, one of those big ones. Uh, it's pretty insane. Though. That's and pretty this funny. Was, this was Amanda's brainchild, right? Yeah, Amanda Casperson, uh, Seattle-ish person. She's Portland, she's pretty Seattle-ish. cool. I know her. Yeah, uh, she she came up with this, I guess, one night at Magic and took some photos, made a Tumblr, and then it just literally exploded. So it's pretty sweet. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on and talk about more magic, I guess. Uh, let's talk about worlds. Did any of you guys go to worlds? I no? did not. Y- not you're me. probably the most. No, Joe? I did not. No. I know a few people that did, though. Yeah, uh, I really wanted to go just to grind the side events and <laughs> the PTQs, uh, but it was probably not the right idea. <laughs> I actually would have gone with you, Dwayne, but I had a girls' meet that weekend, so I couldn't. But uh, if we had, if I hadn't, that would have been awesome. Hold on, I think we need to clarify what girls' meet gymnastics were you meet, Dwayne. So you yeah. were you were you were going to the girls' gymnastics? I am their coach, Dwayne. Oh, you're the coach. Oh, oh, okay. Mm, I, I yeah. just our listeners may not know. Didn't we go over that at some point? They don't listen to the episodes. All oh. of them, not or, necessarily or any of them. <laughs> okay, yeah. Some, <laughs> sure. some of us at this table. After you, yeah, uh, that's true. That's, uh, yeah, but that would have been really fun. I think a road trip down that way would have been really cool. It's too bad. Uh, I'm thinking about doing it for a, a road trip for Salt Lake City next year. There's a GP. Ooh, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah, that I think. Fun. I, I think just I love road trips. They're the so, best. I uh, road tripping to Boise for for uh, PTQs is one of my favorite things. To we've do. done that a few times. Yeah, it's good it's times. Great. Uh, but needless to say, none of us made the road trip to Worlds. But some crazy shit went down at Worlds. Uh, Conley Woods, probably the biggest talk of Worlds for at least a couple days. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about that is is the week before Worlds, he posted an article talking about exactly how to get better, how he should improve a magic. And he followed those things while he was at the tournament, and suddenly... He got better at magic. I know. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's been doing that all year. Like he, he, he definitely rededicated himself this year to like playing more serious decks and you know playing the team deck and not going all crazy with his brews and stuff like he usually does right yeah i mean there were still tournaments where he was playing mono brown infect and legacy and things like that and it's it so it was nice to see this tournament where he didn't even diverge at all he stayed right on track the whole time and really focused up and wasn't joking as much as he usually does and his he was just focused the whole time it was nice to see that if you really think you can and you do it then you do improve i think it was also probably a product of his success right like after you you're like, okay, fine, I'm going to play this the team standard deck, and you're 6-0. And then you draft. Uh, like, obviously, you draft however you draft. But, you know, he had a lot of help in his second draft. I saw that. He opened, like, Olivia, Bloodline Keeper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, obviously, good people can also open good cards. Uh, so he's 6 O's. I think when you're 12-0, you're just like, okay, hand me whatever the team decides. Like, I don't think at that point you're going to think about going rogue because you don't need the help. Yeah. You don't right. need to run good. You don't need the edge. Although, he did have some interesting diversions in his modern deck from the rest of the team deck like i i think he was the only one playing geist of saint traft which seemed really awesome in a zoo deck yeah uh i thought someone else was uh, i thought I, I, Ochoa I both, was i know both Luis and pv were not running the geist um, uh it's interesting because they were playing green sun zenith weren't they they were not playing green sun zenith since did i look at banned. these oh that card's god that card's banned that's right <laughs> at least i hope they weren't yeah maybe they were uh, secret to their success. Channel Fireball, four guys in the top eight. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Did you guys watch any of those top eight matches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I watched did. a couple. Oh, my God. The the match that Conley had in the quarterfinals against Craig Wesco was amazing, especially the last game. It was just so amazing. Yeah. His play was phenomenal. And, and uh, I mean, Craig messing up that last game, not playing that uh, the, the, the second Geist on the final turn of the game and losing because of it. Was interesting, but uh, I mean, uh, he yeah. At the end of the game, he uh, his last turn, or his second to last turn, he had a second uh, guy, the one blue white two two hex proof four four yeah in his hand, and he chose not to play it. Well, he had one in play. play. Yeah. Oh, is it legendary? It's legendary. Oh wow, I'm really stupid. Thing about the way Conley played that game, he specifically chump blocked the guys to St. Traft on the second to last of Craig Wesco's turns 
with the Ink Moth Nexus so that it wouldn't kill the Geist of St. Traft so that his so that he couldn't play another one. Yeah, uh, that, that makes me just want to suck Conley's dick even more because uh, the way it was, I just thought that Craig was really stupid, which I like. I like thinking that he's stupid, but I apparently not. Dang. No. Yeah. Craig no. is much no. better at magic than you are. Oh, no. Trust me. I, uh, pretty much everybody is. No, Conley took the <laughs> one single line he could have taken to, want to win that game. Was it Finkelu said something like, uh, there's, it wasn't him, it was somebody else, but uh, there's there's a million wrong plays and only one right play? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I think that uh, Conley found the right one, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Just, uh, I was kind of, I think with a lot of people we know, at least around here, like, there's a lot of channel fireball love up in this area, and uh, it was kind of disappointing seeing all of them but Conley lose, uh, and then Conley lose, obviously, in the semifinals. Uh, but, so Worlds was won by uh, Wolf Run Ramp. Yeah, run by uh, Yunya Ianaga. Yeah, and... Uh, you are much braver than I am to try to pronounce that. Yunya uh, Ianaga. It's not that hard. I just say Ianaga and don't worry about the other part. Yunya. No, and, and, and the, and the time it. we've spent arguing about his name, he shuffled his deck once. <laughs> 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 so someone someone explain that real quick to uh, the So uh, Yunya Ianaga is a incredibly slow shuffler. In- incredibly slow. And he would... <laughs> He would pile shuffle his deck. He would then pile shuffle his opponent's deck. Uh, one of the games, he had mulliganed. His opponent has taken a mulligan. He had looked at his hand and then was pile shuffling his opponent's deck before deciding to mulligan again. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess when you have that much money and prestige on the line, and at that point you can take what the time that you need and to you know randomize adequately, like... I think it's perfectly reasonable to take all the time you need. Uh, granted, he still did get a warning, didn't he? He did. He yeah, for for, uh, for slow play, slow play. Slow play. Um, I don't know. I think that that's pretty, especially if he hasn't accumulated any warnings. Like, uh, it's interesting because I've seen people look at warnings in Magic a couple of different ways. Like, uh, some people think that they are, you know, you just want to avoid warnings at all times, but. At some point, you can actually accumulate a couple of warnings in a tournament before it gets accelerated to anything else, right? That's true. That's true. So, like, I mean, I think it's reasonable if if you're in the top eight of worlds and you haven't gotten any warnings. If you know you're going to get a warning for slow play, yeah, who cares? What does it matter, right? If your life total is a resource, so are your warnings. Like, yeah, no yeah, exactly. Like, that's probably not the best way to look at it. And I know Joe is here kind of making unhappy faces because as a judge, I'm sure you kind of disagree. Yeah, I mean, like... I, I, on, on the one hand, like I, I don't think you should be using warnings as as a resource. Um, they, you know, they they're they're there they're there for for other reasons, and we don't we don't want to encourage people to play slowly on purpose. Um, and on the on the other thing, I'd say just like as a competitive magic player, is that is certainly not where I would want to squander a slow play warning if I was going to use them as a resource sure. i would want you know like i would not want to risk getting more later when i had a really tough decision if if one of the judges decides to try to hurry me up or something like that i don't want to feel like i might lose a game because of that yeah i wasn't necessarily saying like in this specific scenario i justify it but it just brought it kind of to attention where a lot of players are like well i have to play fast i can't get a slow play warning when in reality, if you're in the finals of a PTQ, you haven't gotten any warnings, and you need to tank on something, and if they give you a warning, who cares? Like, you tank on it, you take an extra couple of seconds. If you get a warning, you get a warning, and then you make your play. And hopefully it's correct because of the time you, the extra time you took. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fine way to think of it. I, mean, like, I wouldn't think of it as a resource, but I would think of it as, like, don't, don't make it worth more than it is. You know, it's just a warning if... If you do something that in- induces a warning, that doesn't mean that you have to radically modify your play. It doesn't mean that you have to freak out. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to read J17 more times. <laughs> hey, that <laughs> thing has a lot of abilities, okay? Slow play is no play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other interesting thing to come out of Worlds was uh, Yunya Inaga, uh, the world champion, was actually the last chance Mox qualifier. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Which uh, I think that's the first person to qualify for Worlds to win Worlds just from Magic Online. Is that right? 
uh, as far as I know. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I don't yeah. think anyone else yeah, has, the, right? uh, Yeah, definitely. This is like the third year that Mox was around? I think third yeah. or fourth, maybe? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty wild to think that we've come to a point where our world champion qualified to play in this tournament online only. Yeah. Uh, he sad. was not qualified in any other way. He won the last chance qualifier, played in to, to go play in Mox at World, which qualifies you for Worlds. And then he's the world champion. Go figure. And that was literally the very last slot at Worlds given out because that was after like the ratings deadlines and stuff. Too. Yep. So yeah. Last possible moment to get in. I think it's really interesting because it gives a lot of players who, yeah, you didn't make your national team, you know, you can still play there. Oh, wait. Worlds is all yeah. different now. Yeah. Uh, last one in the door. Turn out the lights. Yep. Uh, I think it's really interesting how to see what's going to happen next year. Uh, so Reed Duke, I believe, is the first person qualified out of 16. Is that correct? Uh, no. no, no, no. Or, sorry, was uh, it? A... Samuel Estradi. Uh, Estradi, yes. Yes. He was the first. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, but Reed, Reed is qualified. and Okay. Know, awesome job, Reed, winning the winning the box. Yeah, that was pretty sweet, uh, just seeing how he ended up playing. And he actually put up a pretty good article today on Star City. And uh, Owen is also qualified. Owen Turnwald is also qualified. That's true. Oh, that's, that's true. right. As player of the year. As player of the year. Yep. Uh, that was also a really interesting story coming out of Worlds. I don't want to talk about Worlds too much longer. But uh, Owen Owen took down player of the year. He needed a whole lot of help to actually get it. And it was help by demolishing his own teammates' chances. <laughs> which, talk about a conflict of interest, right? They yeah. had four in the top eight of Worlds. And everybody competing for the title, pretty much. I mean, there were others. But they had a pretty big percentage of the people competing for player of the year, too. That's yeah. just unbelievable yeah. uh this year and then last year when it was a uh, split between um brad nelson brad and, and uh, guillaume guillaume he, he was shut out to be named yeah and, and pv was in the running up until the semifinals when he lost last year yep. right and he was in the running till he lost this year yep um I have to say that PV is probably one of the best players. Uh, a lot of people games. are talking about him being up there with uh, Nasif and uh, Finkel, Finkel and Kai. And Kai. Yeah, I'd he's like easily top ten players and maybe top five. I mean, he's top four, or he's top eighted four world championships. Yeah, that's and like insane. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. The fact that you know you have your your world championship pro tours that multiple days multiple formats supposedly testing all of your skills top eighting four of those is absolutely crazy uh so yeah do you guys have anything else you want to talk about from worlds magic-y stuff in general i have another world to talk about oh okay So let's talk about WoW a little bit. You uh, you went to some foreign land? Yeah, they spoke another language, but fortunately, everyone in the Netherlands speaks English, so that worked pretty well. It what? was in uh, Rotterdam, which is about an hour away from Amsterdam, so really we just hung out in Amsterdam until the tournament. Uh, Rotterdam is basically just in a big industrial city, so... We kind of didn't spend much time there, but sure. The tournament itself was uh, bigger than I thought. It was gonna—I kind of assumed it was gonna be a small, dinky little thing because you know the game's not huge, but it's pretty big. Uh, but it was—it was pretty big. We had a—I mean, we filled up the the area we had. It was a pretty big conference yeah, center. They had over four hundred and fifty people, right? Yeah, it was pretty large. Uh, so, so yeah, the first day of competition was all core and classic, which is basically standard and legacy and. So sure. that's that's all the constructed stuff. I really wish that they had had some of the limited on day one, maybe one draft or something like that, so that you know they could split the skills a little bit more. Because so, yeah, you don't you don't uh, make day two in World Championships in Magic, but in WoW you have to make day two. Uh, okay. So could you actually explain a little bit about the format for Worlds for WoW and just like sure, yeah, so yeah. To D move from one to the other is? Day one is six rounds of core and four rounds of classic. So six rounds of standard and four rounds of legacy, pretty much. Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was a long day. Well, it, it, that's that's true. 30-minute rounds in uh, in core. So uh, that's you're only, different. Hold on. You're only playing one game per round, correct? Only in core. In classic, it's two out of three. Oh, it is It is two out of right. three. Okay. They actually handed out a questionnaire asking if, uh, hey, how do you like playing one-game matches? And I'm pretty sure everyone was like, no, we don't. No, <laughs> no one likes that. I mean, they're... they're 
there are actually coin flips, right? Because oh, actually, and that's that's another thing I was going to talk about is uh, we chose to well, I chose to play a deck that uh, was pretty much a coin flip deck. If you win the die roll, you win the match. If you lose the die roll, you win the match. Or lose the match. That's the one. You lose I was going to say that's the deck I want to play. That deck is awesome. <laughs> that deck is so good. Let's, oh man! Let's, can, yeah, you, you so, win the die roll, you win. You lose the die roll, you win. So my my record on day one was five and five, and guess what my record in die rolls was? Five and five. five. That, that's right. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, I probably should have played a deck that involved a little more skill instead of just being a coin flip deck. But uh, I mean, a few more days in Amsterdam, and you probably don't want to play anything else. I think a few mm. more days in Amsterdam, <laughs> and he doesn't find his way over to Rotterdam. Fair or back to the U.S. <laughs> sure, even. I don't know. Uh, Amsterdam was really fun. Yeah, I don't know if you've been there. It's a really good. Time. I, I've never been there. Tell me, tell me about your experience in Amsterdam. Well, I actually made money stripping while there, so that was fun. <laughs> um, Is that legal? I don't probably know. not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at some bar. So <laughs> I don't know. You took your clothes off, and some girls gave you money. Yeah, I got uh, eight U.S. dollars and five euro. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> That's actually pretty. Yeah, good. I was very happy about it. Uh, but uh, so day two is. Back to the real stuff. <laughs> Day two is six rounds of draft. So it's two different drafts, three rounds each. And uh, it's pretty interesting how that works because uh, you're paired in your pod against people with similar records to you in the overall tournament. So if someone starts the pod at XO and someone in the pod starts the tournament at X1, yeah. uh, after round one, they could play each other even if one lost and one won after uh, after the first round of draft, huh? Yeah, it's really strange. I don't really understand. I mean, that's how we do it in Magic too. Yeah, but I don't. I don't like that. It's just weird. Why don't you just do eight mans? I don't get it. Because it just it makes it so the uh, so the power of your deck is so different compared to your. I don't know. In each draft, your deck is going to be better or worse. And if you have a good deck and you win your first round, and your opponent had a bad deck and they lost their first round, if you get paired against them because of. Uh, your overall standings, that's not good. <laughs> that doesn't show anything, really. It's just yeah. kind of, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that it doesn't show your skill in draft there as much. If you, if you play against the good deck that won round one with your good deck that won round one, you have a, you know, it's more even instead of playing with your good deck against the bad deck. I, I, I would imagine that people that are good at limited in this, in WoW, would appreciate that because it gives them even more of an advantage because they're able to build a better deck. Oh, I yeah, I don't care if I better. appreciate it or not. I just don't think it's a I don't think it's a a very fair judge of skill. I think it I think it's uh it's certainly an advantage if you're good at limited, but uh sure. I don't think it's a very yeah. It also in in WoW the bombs are still Zendikarian. So uh Zendikarian. Yeah, that's the word I'm using. Uh, <laughs> that, or Scars of Mirodian. Does that yeah. work better? I mean, like, Zendikar bombs were, like, two ones for two. Two, three, three. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man, yeah, two. Oh, Snapping Creeper. Can't beat. Um, but, yeah, yeah was okay. Let's go with Scars of Mirrodin, then. How about that? There's there's a lot of Worm Coil engines and Thopter fa- uh, foundries. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thopter Assembly. What is the one? The Thopter, big one? Thopter, Thopter Assembly. assembly. Yeah. yeah, that... <sighs> lost more games to that card. One that makes more one ones, and then you get to play the, that big flyer again. My, my favorite game that I've ever played is Annul Your Precursor Golem Lose to Next Turn Thopter Assembly. What do you do? Like, <laughs> you, just, you just lose. There's nothing you can do. Play like Slagstorms. What is that going to do? You nothing. Get to, yeah, that's right. It kills the Precursor Golem. You just got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it was nice on, on day one for the people who like Constructed. They appreciate that. Um, but for day two... If you don't like constructed, you don't even get there. So that right. was uh, so I went I went five and five and did not make day two. Um, uh, my roommate Peter went uh, seven and four or seven and three, I think, and uh, and he made day two. So he got to play in the drafts and he Sweet. did pretty well in four and two on day two. So uh, yeah, but uh, out of our group that went from this area, we had one person make day two. But on the plus side, we won a crap load of iPods in the iPod <laughs> did drafts. You really? Yeah, we did really well. And in fact. Uh, one of our room, uh, one of our group mates, group mates. Is that a word that we can use? I think you use that when you're actually playing WoW with the or for the an orgy. Game. I think teammates, yeah. perhaps teammates. That'll work. We don't have a team name. Oh man, we got to get one of those. Uh, we he beat Guillaume Wafatapa in the finals for an iPod. Oh wow, that's so, yeah. insane. Yeah, and that, that's one of the really nice things about the side events at uh, any WoW event is uh, they have iPod drafts, which are eight man drafts, and the winner gets an iPod. And wow, yeah, it's really really cool. It's it makes for a little more stress during the draft and a little more stress during the play. You actually have it, something so. and, uh, on and the line, kind of an yeah. awkward customs declaration when you get back. What? 
No, you trade it for cards ahead of time. Uh, yeah, you trade it in oh in yeah. the country for cards, and you're like, oh yeah, they're cards that I have. They have no value. Sure. Mm-hmm. They have card value. Look how card stocky they are. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I can write on them. This week on Hit the Deck, we teach you how to get around U.S. Customs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do that. I. That's probably right. Don't. That's what we say, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, right. Don't try this. Don't at home. try this at home. Yeah, there you go. Or, or abroad, I guess. In, yeah, yeah, especially not abroad. I, I feel like the number one kill enable rule applies here. Do not attempt kill enable feats at home. You are not a kill enable professional. <laughs> That's true. I I don't think I'm a very professional kill enable. I should really work on that. Maybe if I could do the things I try to do. I would be much better off. I don't know. That doesn't make sense because I don't think that you're an amateur Kellenable either. So mm. I'm probably I'm, like I'm working my way up the corporate ladder of Kellenable. So you're not like the Tiger Woods of Kellenable. No, I'm you're, not. You're more like the I don't know. Who's the uh, the very young girl to join the women's Michelle Wee? Yeah, I'm her. I'm getting really good, and I'm but I'm a little too young for my and everyone wants my own you, skill. I guess. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I've been hanging out with Charles too much. Yeah. Uh. Wow, so uh, that's, that's pretty yeah, insane, though. Also, though, on on the the second day of competition is the or, yeah second day of competition is the Dark Moon Fair, which is basically the Grand Prix, and I was fortunate enough to top sixteen that, so oh. that was pretty cool. Congratulations! Well, thank you. I managed to win a playmat and a loot card. Okay, it's not the payout doesn't quite work the same as in <laughs> uh, in Magic. But how many Planeswalker points did you get? Uh, that would be six booster packs. <laughs> six, six of those. Well, let, let's be fair. I mean. There, there is a similar system in, in WoW for the honor system, playing with soccer points. Yeah, but it's kind of weird because in WoW the the ways to qualify for your tournaments are a bit different. So yeah, there's yeah. there's just it's a lot easier to qualify for the big tournaments. You don't necessarily have to just do it. Grinding the honor it takes right a lot of time. It's like I'm, I don't know. A lot of you guys have probably played WoW the game, yeah. and if you remember back in the day when getting to level sixty took really really long and it kind of feels that way with the honor points and wow especially when there are very few tournaments in my area anyways yeah to, to go to for to get those honor points sure. and you can qualify by winning regionals or making day two or top hundred so i don't depends on the uh, the tournament but continentals and and things like that dark moon fairs there's a lot of ways to qualify for worlds so how did you end up qualifying I qualified through Continentals in Las Vegas this year. Oh, okay. Also, they announced the the schedule, and next year, Continentals also in Las Vegas, so I'll be going to that. Oh, man. W- what time of year is that? The time I'll be there. I think June-ish? June-ish? Yeah, June. Right. I may have to plan a trip. Yeah, I, I think come, you should. Come game you with should. I will teach you how to play. Pretty, I mean, I know how to play. I don't know how to play well. Like, I can... I can Probably not teach you that actually, since no. I, I haven't learned that skill yet. But yeah. we'll find someone. Yeah, so, so I'm sure someone around here knows yeah. how to play well. As we look at my roommate Peter over there. <laughs> uh, so that sounds pretty awesome. Are you looking forward to going back to Worlds next year? Uh, absolutely, it it's in Atlanta next year, so oh. it's going to be really nice because it's it's pretty cheap to fly to Atlanta. So that part will be easier, and it's yeah. a it's a nice hub. You know, it's, it's such a huge huge airport in Atlanta that it makes it really easy for the European players to get there. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty pretty awesome. Actually, awesome. one of the one of the cool things about this world is the winner was Hans Ho, who's a guy who looks like he could be in Dragon Force or Sonata Artica in no oh, wow. no time at all. I actually kind of imagine him sitting at home on a throne, just like drinking from a goblet and listening to the loudest metal I've ever heard, <laughs> and not not even just like looking straight ahead, eyes never blinking, drinking deeply. That's kind of. Uh, who I imagine he is, but uh, he probably does other things. He played the most aggressive deck I've ever seen in any game of all time. Oh, wow. He played a two-mana 5-1 haste, a two-mana 4-2 haste, and four cards that give all of his creatures plus two, plus two. That was pretty much his deck, just a bunch of that. This deck sounds sweet. <laughs> it was really good, yeah. It, it did work. He uh, he played a guy that gives all of your goblins uh, let uh, tap to untap a land, and they can do it the turn they come into play. Oh, Jesus. So he would have turns where he started with no guys in play and ended with five guys in play on turn four or something. Oh, wow. It was really cool to watch, yeah. Wow. And this was in core? This was in core, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so top 16 is... It, it, it's not top eight for worlds. It's top 16. They cut to top 16. Yeah, and top 16 is core, so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you had a pretty good time. Oh, I had Instagram. a great time. I didn't even make day two, and I had a great time. I guess Dark Moon Fair kind of made up for that, but... Sweet.
so let's talk about Resident Evil, the deck building game, uh, before we get into any of the details uh, so or any of the specifics about what we thought. Uh, so Resident Evil is made by Bandai, uh, who purveyors of the fine Star Trek deck building God. game. Uh, the game is two to four players. Uh, game time is 30 minutes to an hour, which I actually think is probably pretty close to correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, ages are 13 and up because you're killing zombies and infected and using giant guns. They also have a lot of revealed boobs, which I don't understand that. You would think that they would cover those more if you were going to get infected, but... Yeah, I don't know. They just got them hanging out, I, I guess. I mean, I understand, like, back in the day when they're all the, you know, fantasy armor and everything, they just want to make things sexy, but... With zombies, you really got to protect your skin, man. You can't get that blood on you. Let's talk a little bit about the rules of the game, uh, since Kellen's trying really hard to sidetrack us with blood and zombie guts and boobs. My favorite things. I mean, that's probably fair. Uh, So the game itself plays very similar to Dominion, uh, where you have your setup with all the different cards available to buy. You have a starting hand uh, with basically some ammunition cards and some weapons. Uh, the ammunition cards both provide ammunition to your weapons and gold for you to spend on other cards. Uh, and similar to the Star Trek deck building game, there is uh, a mansion deck, which is kind of like what you explore explore through. Um, other than that, I didn't think that there were too many unique gameplay mechanics to this. Can you guys think of any that, that we should call out uh, other than the, you know, you build your own deck and then you explore off of a different deck? Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that the the gold is the same as the uh, whatever you are attacking with. So you have to have your gold you can spend for items, but also you get the same amount pretty much most of the time to use to power your weapons. So oh, I thought that was for your cool. ammo? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and the, the, the interaction between the weapons and the ammo is, is an interesting thing. So you have this, you know, you, you have the gold resource that you're constantly constantly using to purchase things for your deck and then you have the ammo resource which you need to use to use the weapons to go fight things in the mansion which is kind of unlike other thing other well i guess i I guess it's kind of like ascension in that like you get fight in ascension but you instead of having one resource that you're using to fight things in Mm -hmm. ascension you have two resources that you have to get combined together um, both the ammo and the weapon to go fight things, and that's not necessarily like a net positive, but something different about this. Uh, there was one other thing I just remembered that we didn't talk about. Uh, there was also uh, each person gets a character card, and that's basically who you are. And the character that you are has two different additional abilities. Like normally, you start everyone starts off the exact same, no special powers. Uh, but each character, as you explore the mansion and kill zombies. You essentially level up your character, depending on how many zombies you've killed, more or less. Uh, And each of the characters has its own flavor, has its own bonuses, uh, depending on what level you are. Like, for example, uh, some characters let you get better at using knife weapons. Uh, Some characters uh, start with an extraordinarily high health, but can't be healed. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What was the... There was... So... I, th- I think we've covered all the basics. Let's talk about the balance. I think while we're talking about the characters, uh, some of these characters felt really too powerful. The ammo one was too good. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was, the, it, her first level was all of her ammo was doubled? Uh, pre- all of her ammo is plus 10. Plus 10, so which for it, most ammo right, yeah. is doubling it. All, yeah. the, all the starting ammo gets doubled and all of your late game ammo because you can buy more expensive just like you can buy gold that's you know bigger yeah. gold it's the same yeah. same type of thing it's, and it's like it upgrades all the ammo is one level i guess right yeah yeah pretty much well, exactly that yeah yeah and then uh her second level so you get that once you level up to second level and in addition uh then you also get plus 10 gold per ammunition card. Which, yeah, that's your second level is uh, yeah. plus 10 gold on every single ammunition. So y- your ammo is just completely ridiculous, which means you never have to buy ammo because the crappy starting ammo is totally insane for you. Right. And then on top of it, all of your ammo makes almost twice as much gold depending on how what you have. So you're getting way more gold to buy better things. Right. So y- you can just stay even with everyone else and only buy actions and weapons. You don't have to ever participate in the resource purchasing because... 
you're just doing things that are causing you to win the game yeah. instead of doing things that aren't causing you to win the game, which is pretty insane. It's like in Magic, gaining life when you can deal damage to them. You just always deal damage to them. And she has the option of just never having to gain life. She just always just deals damage to them. Yeah, I felt like it was like level one, your lands tap for two mana. Right, it feels that <laughs> yeah. way. It's exactly what level it is, Level two, really. double your damage. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Uh, James, you also had a broken hero. Who? Which one? What was the details? Uh, on this one, she started with seventy health, just like the other hero. So these two had the the lowest starting health of any of the heroes. Um, but her starting, her first ability was normally the when you explore the mansion, it's a blind draw. You just take the top card and get whatever you get. Uh, her ability is she could basically look at it, and if she didn't want to fight it, she put it on the bottom of the deck and then fight whatever's underneath that. Uh, so anything that would kill her or anything that was um, that wasn't actually advancing her game, she could just get rid of. So, uh, for those of you that haven't played the Resident Evil game, that, that it's Scry One from Magic, right? Yeah. But it's it's super insane because the cards that you're exploring, uh, half the time they're either super weak and you kill them, or the other half the time they're ridiculously strong and they're going to kill you. Uh, yeah, that's that's the second balancing issue, I think. So that, that character is extremely strong because of the imbalance in the game that comes from the mansion deck. And uh, if you win a fight early against a zombie and then and get to level two really fa- or level one really fast, you are so much farther ahead than everybody else. Yeah, it's yeah. it's completely ridiculous how how good beating a zombie is. But if you lose to a zombie, it is absolutely insane how bad that is. You you don't. The main thing is you don't kill a zombie. The second part is do that twice or maybe three times and you skip a turn. Like it, it's such a huge disadvantage to lose to a zombie, and it's such a huge advantage to win to a zombie that that drawing incorrectly off the top of the deck, yeah, it feels miserable. Like yeah, yeah it's so awful. Then on top of that, there was also some kind of like uh, I don't know dummy cards in the mansion. So uh, there were cards that gave you like insane one shot weapons, like a rocket launcher. There was there was a card that gives you an insane weapon that stays in your deck, the Gatling gun. Actually, in our first two games that we played, the person who got the Gatling gun won the game. Just, yeah, just wasn't even close. They got the Gatling gun in the first four turns of the game, and they they won. Not it yeah. wasn't even hard. Yeah, just luck of the draw. Uh, and then there's herbs, which uh, <laughs> in theory they're good for you, but it felt like the biggest dicking whenever you flipped it's, one. It was pretty much the same as losing to a zombie because yeah, it gave you a couple health, but you almost never wanted the health and not beating a zombie because usually you don't go into the the mansion unless you can probably kill a zombie and uh if you can if you spent resources and spent most of your turn setting up so you could just kill a zombie you might not get that opportunity again for two or three turns and you just wasted it not killing a zombie getting getting an herb yeah you got an herb instead of dealing 50 to whatever zombie it was yeah uh yeah that was such a dicking whenever i flipped an herb card because it was like even if I had damage and was close to dying, I still never wanted to hit it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is, exa- is, this is an example of a game where there is variance, and you know, in some games, variance is good; some games, variance is bad. And in this one, it it just was not good because it it all the all the times that the variance really affected you was early in the game, and it would set up one player to win or lose. But then you had to play the whole game out for that early game variance to take effect. Yeah. And you had to just sit there and be miserable. And there wasn't any like great moment where you're like, oh, you know, it's late game, but James is about to win. But, you know, if I hit the right top deck here, it'll be awesome and I can come from behind and win. Like there there wasn't that sort of catch up variance. It was just like, you know, do you do you do really well in the beginning of the game and then like 20 minutes later win or do you get dicked early in the game and then have to sit there and watch James combo out for the next 20 minutes and that was our most recent game where yeah, James just just uh, he, he because he had that hero where he could scry one every turn he killed a zombie every single turn yeah. and uh, after after he got he got really lucky and killed his first his he got to level two really fast because um, he killed a second zombie that gave him enough experience to get to level two extremely quickly and then he couldn't ever lose a fight again because of his his explore so we all just sat there and watched james get higher and higher level and we just eventually lost right here's part of my my complaint and it comes back to variance where 
I feel like in Magic you hear about people saying, oh, there's variants in the game all the time, right? But it's it's always variants in a deck that you control, ultimately. Like, you built it, whether it was, uh, you know, a, a sealed deck that you built or, you know, your constructed deck that you built. Your draws are based off of variants, right? But you control, ultimately, what the 60 cards are. It's similar in this game. You control what is in your draw deck, but you don't control what you hit off the mansion. That's right, yeah. So I think when you add that second level of unknown variance with such extremes, like, it's not just, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's not like wavering between 4 and 6 variance, right? Like, it's it's either really bad or really, really good. And there's no, like, kind of just wavering in the middle. Whereas yeah. uh in your deck, I think that's perfectly fine if you had strong swings on variance. And the, the thing, like, you could have that second level of variance in a game and have it be fun. But this game wasn't fun. That, that variance didn't add and make it any more enjoyable. Like, there was, there was no moment where, like, the bad player who is behind could come from behind and win and yeah. have something spectacular happen at the end. It was all just miserable randomness. Were, were any of our games, because uh, we played a couple days now, were any of our games ever even close? Uh, yes. One of one of them was really close between, I think it was you and James, right, Dwayne? Maybe. And you, yeah, I think you guys the, were off I think, by like two I think or like something? the or first one? game we played was pretty close. And then the rest of them we played have all been just cascading fests of pain and misery. I, mean, I was going to use that word too. Cascade? No, misery. Was misery. Misery. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, 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 that's sure. pretty good. Um, so... Unlike Penny Arcade, the game, which had this little bit of second level variance with the the hero cards, the green hero cards, um, and some of the variance in, in having the different heroes in that game as well. Um, but the variance was very small, and it was not something critical to the game itself, whereas the entire game design here with this game is all based on the, the variance of the, the mansion deck, and one player... Uh, hitting the jackpot, basically. It's like a giant slot machine. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that we keep coming back to variants on this, but essentially that's what this game ended up being about. Right? Can I say and something? giant panda dickings. Panda dickings? Yeah, every time you get the you hit the big boss and you're not ready for it, oh, you yeah. panda dick up your yeah, ass. Yeah, just right up there. Yeah, <laughs> it, just, it just works its way in and then doesn't leave. Um, the one thing that I think... I think probably the reason it has so much variance and one of the things that is good about the game is that it, it does feel a lot like Resident Evil where you run into the wrong hallway and you're just dead. Yeah. And I think that doesn't translate very well to a game. I think they should have taken the, the not that aspect of it, not the randomly, oh, you're dead. They should have taken the aspect of, oh, zombies. <laughs> That's kind of it. So it's kind of interesting yeah. because I feel like we as a group tackle games differently than your average casual gamer right because like we all come from magic-y backgrounds or we've played a lot of games in the past and we always try and min max and we always try and get the most out of our turns we always try and play the game optimally for our character and there's no like oh whoa, what am you know there's no like i'm playing a new game for the first time sort of like we always immediately say okay i've played dominion i understand how this works so we're gonna do this 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 and this i've got a plan Whereas I feel a lot of people that are going to buy this game because they're like, oh, I like Resident Evil. That game was sweet. They're they're not going to be like hardcore board gamers, and they're not necessarily going to – I think they might have a lot of fun with this because it feels like the game. So here's the here's the, the problem with that. When you run into an encounter with a zombie in the game, you're like, oh, shit, oh, my God, and you get really excited, and, and you die. And you're like, that was so – I can't – and you get scared, and you're, you know, you're excited because you were scared. Yeah. In this game, you're like, oh, shit, a zombie. Oh, I skipped my turn. Cool. I'll go – make a beer <laughs> so like I, I never played the resident evil video game yeah but when we sat down and played this the first time i was like this doesn't really feel like the flavor i'd imagine for a zombie game because like i can just turtle up and buy shit until i have like a giant house howitzer and can't be defeated and then go fight the zombies or something like that sure. and like the, I, I, the game doesn't put you under any pressure to go deal with the mansion and go deal with the zombies, and so like, it didn't it didn't feel very horror-y surrounded by zombies. All of the suspense me. is in the top card of the deck, and if you choose not to involve yourself in that, you don't have to. Yeah. So so all of the suspense that you get waiting for the top card of the deck just doesn't even have to exist for you if you don't. Want. I think this is so funny. Because you two, Kellen and Joe, you didn't have to play the other game that this company made. That's true. Which every turn you had to explore. 
See, I think that would be better for this game. But it, okay, so it may be better for this game, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that at all. But in the Star Trek game, Jesus, it was fucking miserable because sometimes you would draw a hand that was a complete blank, and you're like, God, oh man, variants got me drawing my deck. Or you got like a five ammo hand, and there yeah. was no, no and weapon. you got bent over every time you explored. But but even that, even the Star Trek game, even the Borg scenario in the Star Trek game. Uh, like captured the idea of what you're facing better than this does. It, it sure. actually gave you a feeling of of immense weight and hopelessness, <laughs> which yeah. which, uh, which a Borg invasion should do. Whereas this, the Resident Evil game is just uh, oh, I'm, they're zombies and I don't have to fight them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't think that this is a good solution. I don't think that's a good solution. So I'm not entirely sure if the you know, explore an unknown deck is even really feasible for these sort of games because I feel like between Star Trek and Resident Evil, we've kind of played two two opposite ends of the explore a second deck, you know, of unknown cards, and neither is really working. What, I, what if you explored a deck and there were no giant panda dicks in it? Uh, so and there's just a different way to end the game. Like, yeah, yeah, the, like. You're you're building up resources and victory points like the way you do in Ascension, and like there are some tiny squirrel dicks in there that can get you if you're totally unprepared. But most of the time, it's you know like you go and fight a squirrel, and you're like, oh, I squish you. Well, then is there any suspense in flipping the? Is top there card? any reason for variance at that point? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it, have any of you played Munchkin? Yeah. Yes. So. Munchkin takes the same sort of idea. Everyone, the, the entire game is is basically flip a flip a card off a deck and see what happens. Um, but at least in, in Munchkin, there's a lot of interaction between players, and the, uh, yeah. this this game just didn't have any interaction between players for the most part. There's, there's one card that I've seen. Yeah, there's like one or two cards that let you to interact with other people. Otherwise, they're just all, all off in your own little world trying to get to to the same goal without even running into each other. And it's just, it's not fun. Yeah. I I will say this. The art style in the game was pretty good. Uh, I felt like, uh, to be fair, I, I can't even really say that. Because all they were were just shots of existing zombies from Resident Evil games. But Resident Evil's kind of pretty, so. Yeah, but it wasn't even like, there was no, there was zero new art for this game. Like, I'm looking at the box, and the, the all of these pieces of art I've seen on Resident Evil game boxes. Like, the the covers of different Resident Evil games. So, like, they just reused all of the existing art. They didn't make a very intuitive game because they had already made a game that used this whole engine. Yeah. I, I, I thought, like, the while the art was nice, the graphic design of the cards was not very good. Like, I, I had a lot of trouble differentiating like the different weapons and being able to tell like this so there's there's they, they have this mechanic where you have these piles of weapons that you buy and randomizing them there's an upgraded one so there's like a survival knife along with the regular knives. more variants um and like i could never tell what what when we got the extra special gatling gun or not gatling gun but like shotgun yeah. in there and like i like looking at the zombie cards i couldn't differentiate between them between the one that like goes and kills you and the one that's like oh i'm a little spider that you're gonna crush with your knife um and like everything like there, there are a lot of the same colors like it's a very red and black game um and yeah so, like I, I found it very hard to differentiate between the different cards also like to get your levels you have to count uh, the the basically the victory points in this game they call decorations and you have to see how many decorations you have but they place them in the middle of the cards so, like, you can't just at a glance see a total. You have to fan through yep. every single card and add them up as you go. Uh, that was kind of frustrating. Uh, fortunately, they didn't have any glaring, at least not that we noticed any glaring uh, spelling issues. <laughs> there were no shields. No, no shields. No shields. Uh, they did have some... There, there's no foam in this box. God, Kellen, you need to listen to the podcast so you get all the in-jokes. Yeah, you're, we're doing the shields thing, and you're just not even getting it. And it, it was actually really funny. That's, I, that's I, the part sounds that sounds funny. No, it doesn't sound funny enough for you to go listen to no. it. No, I, well, I'm, I'm going to go listen to it. It was 15 okay. seconds of funny packed into like an hour and a half of misery. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like yeah, there was a couple extra moments where it was funny. The rest were mostly angry Borg jokes and, I don't know, yeah, 
Yeah. You guys really didn't like the Star Trek game. I, oh, I, my God. I can't God. even begin to tell you. I, every time it comes up, like, our conversation sort of dies, and everyone just sinks into their own little, in their head, how much they hated it. No one's really talking after we talk about Star Trek. So, here's the thing. Um, when you go to jail, if you ever go to jail, which I'm sure at some point you're going to do something illegal. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Your <laughs> confidence in me is... You just explained to me how to get around U.S. Customs. Essentially, you're going to go to jail at some point for something, okay? Ah. W- when you do that, you would rather sit and look at the bars than play the Red- or the Star Trek deck building. Game. Wow. <laughs> like, you would, you would actually try and trade it for cigarettes in and no, jail? I wouldn't get those cigarettes, would I? No. No, you'd actually have to give someone cigarettes. They'd be like, you, I can't believe you offered me that. Get out of here or I'll... Ship you. No, they'd actually kill you. They just they would ship me. <laughs> they wouldn't would, wait. You wouldn't live forty five seconds yeah. in jail. Yeah, you would well, be oh someone's God, bitch would, so fast. It would it would take it would take. I I would get through the door if it. it yeah. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Now I'm thinking about it. God dang it! Stop I'm, it! I'm thinking about it too. It's no, kind of, it's actually kind of entertaining. If Kellen ever goes to jail, there will be two reasons why he'll never be able to donate blood again. Jeez. Good lord! Jeez. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, anyways, anyways, so I kind of want to talk about some zombie things that no, I enjoy in the world. Let's talk about you going to jail some more. No, let, I want to talk about zombie things I like because okay, I have so many okay. zombie things I don't like. Okay, what'd what you like? Well, I, not about Resident Evil, just zombie things I like. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to get on the good mood zombies right now. I mean, Walking Dead is awesome. The Walking Dead is good. Have you heard the podcast We're Alive? No. It's like an old school radio show about oh. zombies. It's so good. And I, I've been waiting and waiting for them to re- make new episodes but they haven't gotten back on it but oh man is it awesome it's a post la apocalyptic man. i hope i hope bandai doesn't make a deck building game based around uh, it it would be so awful just, i mean like i was never a resident evil uh video game fan just not like survival horrors just never been my style mm-hmm. but i mean this certainly doesn't make me want to go play it at yeah all. yeah it doesn't it doesn't get me excited to play that video game um yeah uh uh, so, I mean, we can just kind of wind up talking about this. Uh, I would not play this game again, nor would I recommend anyone to buy it. Joe? Same. No. Don't do not do that. Don't buy it. It's really it's really funny that you say that, Kellen, because after the first session, you really wanted to play it again. I did. Well, the first game, I was like, oh, well, I just got dicked really bad. I lost two fights where I was up on the average zombie by like five to ten. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just fight. It's fine. Lost to two giant zombies. Yep. And I was like, okay, I just lost a variance. It's fine. The next game, just... Lost a variance again, and then it's like, okay, I'm done now. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't a one-time thing. I thought it was going to be like, and, and, you know, when you're super prepared and you think you're totally fine, you're and you're going to, you know, at, crush the average every time, and then yeah. you you lose to the average twice, and then sometimes you win to the average twice, and it, ah, it's so frustrating. That's pretty wild. I will say that I have enjoyed seeing how frustrated Cullen's gotten with this game. Yeah. Man, we may have to have the Star Trek. Well, we can do like a short episode where. We just record while we play a game and just talk through it. Oh God, that may hold on. That first off, if it's the Star Trek deck building game, that's a three-hour short episode. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, I don't think anyone would actually want to listen. To that it would now. just be us screaming. So, L- listeners, if you actually want to hear that, let me know because it can happen. But uh, yeah, I-, I think we need to make you play this. At some uh, point. Joe I, I want to play it. Yeah, no, I'll, I will totally play the Star Star Trek game. And I, you know what? I'm going to beat the system. I'm going to figure out how how to make it a fun, enjoyable game. I think beating GL the system H-F. would be to go to Canada the day we're playing. Oh no, m- my plan is actually to cut all the cards into snowflakes for my Christmas decorations. That's that's the plan now. That's actually, pretty sweet. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, so you wouldn't play this game anymore. Getting no, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm off it. James, uh, if you if you absolutely need a zombie game, buy Zombie Dice instead. Oh, Zombie Dice is awesome. Have you uh, ever played Zombie Dice? No, I haven't. It's the more or less equivalent of like a Yahtzee ish sort of. It sell all I know is that it sells out at packs every single time. Yeah, just completely. And no one in the entire building just, has any. I've got a copy. I'll bring it next time we all yeah, hang out. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's really, really good. It's it's super mindless. It's really easy to learn, and it's just like a zombie game is mindless. Did you just? <sighs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Ba-dum-bum. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's really easy to learn, and unlike Resident takes... Evil, the deck building game, yeah. don't don't buy it. Don't Actually, buy it, kids. One thing I will say for Resident Evil, the deck building game, is it was pretty easy to pick up. Like the last session, like I came while you guys were playing a game, and I just went and sat on the couch because it could only be four players. And then yeah. 
you had me play the second game, and nobody told me the rules, and I just sort of picked it up from you guys playing. Yeah. Uh, the gameplay is so close to Dominion. The thing is, is like you start playing, you're like, okay, this is like every other deck building game, and then you're like, wait, this isn't fun like every other deck building game is. This is just kind of going through the motions. So I don't know. I uh, I, I couldn't get anyone to actually consciously recommend this. So uh, let's start doing the wrap up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us a multitude of ways. Uh, we are on Twitter at hit the deck pod pod. Podcast. Yeah, hit the, deck, hit the pod. deck pod. I'm. I can never remember all the different combinations. We should write this down for you. I. Yeah, yeah man. We'll, we'll I should have a script we'll, every single time. We'll get you a cheat sheet. Okay. Hit the deck pod on Twitter. I feel like I need like the like a retard Dwayne, form. Dwayne, on Twitter, you're Dwayne Sta. Dwayne Sta. Joe, you're uh, Joseph Bono at Joseph, Joseph Bono. At Joseph Bono. Kellen, you're at Coach Kellen. Yeah. And I'm at James FNX. 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 Yeah. Uh, you can find us all on Facebook. Uh, hit the deck podcast on Facebook. Uh, we are. You can email us through the Geekerific site. Uh, hit the deck podcast at Geekerific. No, it's n- no, no. Th- it's ah, God! Hit the deck at Geekerific. Hit the deck at, how do I get this so fucked up? Every I don't time? know how I you say it every time. All right, this is the last time you get to do the closing segment. No, I'm gonna have it written down next sure. time. Hit the deck at Geekerific.com. You can check out our website on the Geekerific network. Joe, Joe doesn't believe me. I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, so Clara's going to write it down for you? Is that is that what's happening? Yeah, Clara's going to write it down. She's very prepared. Yeah. Do you know she gets straight A's in school? It's all I don't, I don't doubt it. Her whole all. life she's in done Japanese that. school. A, a, I don't Isn't that is some that, is other a, I think character? it's a different. Yeah, I yeah, don't think that's the same moon language, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why would Japan be on the moon? That actually why, would be really why cool. W- why wouldn't Japan oh be on the moon? Oh my god. <laughs> if Japan was on the moon like Oh my god, that you could have Japanese maids on sense. like the, what what is the, the the Jetsons scooters like riding around? <laughs> I, that would be the best Japanese maid of all time. And we oh Tanto Korore yeah. with uh and, with Japanese and, maids on the moon. And, and that on, would be a great game. on the moon. So on we need moon. to make like a lunar quarry. A lunar quarry. Oh wow, that'd be fun. Oh. I can oh, just, Eric Reasoner right after this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Eric Reasoner, uh, hit the deck podcast is brought to you by Cardhouse Games. Uh, let's actually wrap this up because I don't want to talk <laughs> about this anymore. We're going to fuck this all up some more. Oh. Uh, I am your host, uh, Dwayne St. Arnold. Uh, with me, thank you, Joe Bono. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Kellen Abel. You're welcome, I guess. Thank thank you, James. Uh, anytime. The marvelously mediocre. Yeah. James. Just, just, at just least he's not average. getting raped in so, prison. Slightly above mediocre, which is your closing segment. Oh, man. <laughs> And we're out. Thanks for listening.